Hello and welcome to the Natural Birth Co podcast. Thank you so much for popping on. Honestly, you guys are in for a fucking treat. You are going to absolutely adore this birth story with Jam. It is just so inspiring. She has just been an absolute delight to have here with us at Natural Birth Co. And I'm so excited to share her amazing story with you. So Jam started with Natural Birth Co in pregnancy and did our pregnancy yoga and Pilates and now she's with us with mums and bubs. Jam is one of those ladies that went to the gym diligently before pregnancy. She was very, very um, solid and consistent with going to the gym, loved strength, didn't get much into yoga. However, during the transition into her pregnancy, she really wanted to bring some more attention to her breath work through pregnancy and also build the strength, resilience and balance specific towards pregnancy and birth rather than obviously the gym isn't specific towards pregnancy and birth. So she transitioned over to us at Natural Birth Co. And in this podcast, you were just going to hear the most amazing story of what really stood out to me is her mental preparation for birth. And I want to clarify that she very much did physical prep. She was so consistent at coming to three classes a week with us. But Jum's mental prep has been what is so fascinating to me, where she really had to focus on her mental space during pregnancy. She discussed so many different tools, including, you know, not talking to colleagues about her birth desires because she didn't want to get their kind of shame or fear or projections from them. She talks about how she was, you know, somewhat surrounded by birth stories that she didn't really desire for her own and how she really worked on rewriting those birth stories, how she really worked on rewriting those beliefs for herself towards birth to really create her own belief about birth and her own story for her birth experience. And I just love, there's so many tools and tricks throughout this podcast that I actually didn't even realize until recording this podcast with Jam on how much mental prep she actually did. And I just think it's such a great reflection of the space of pregnancy It's just such an amazing time of life and I often find that so many women do transition into a slightly more spiritual version of themselves that they haven't really felt or expressed before and in my opinion, I feel Jum did this where, you know, you get into things like yoga, you get into things like meditation, breath work, really aware of your thoughts, really aware of your feelings, why you feel certain ways. I just feel like pregnancy is such a beautiful time to bring in that spiritual side to ourselves sometimes and I, I, I don't want to sound weird obviously you know I like looking at things logically logically and practically but then there is such an important spiritual side towards birth whether you admit it or not that's okay but it's so important to really notice our thoughts and be really in tune with our feelings and our emotions and, and be able to be the observer of our thoughts Um, especially when talking about that mental prep, which is obviously one of the three main pillars that we use here at Natural Birth Co., um, as in our physical preparation, mental preparation, and preparation of your birth partner in order to have a natural birth experience. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this podcast today. This podcast is brought to you by Natural Birth Co. We help women and their partners prepare physically and mentally for a natural and empowering birth experience. With pregnancy yoga, Pilates and workshops, all led by our registered midwife, we have a studio here on the Sunshine Coast, Australia, 
Otherwise, all of our services are available online. You can learn more at naturalbirthco.com. If you wish to advertise on this podcast, you can visit naturalbirthco.com forward slash pregnancy dash podcast. Now enjoy this ad-free episode. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, Joel. Thanks, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) To relive this whole experience all over again. Me too. Me too. I do freaking love your experience. I can't wait to go back into it. Yeah, it's going to be, because it was such a long time frame, it's going to be one of those things too that I'm like, I'll tell something, but then I'm like, oh no, this happened before that. Yes. just, you kind of wish you had this like video camera the whole time so you could remember every moment, but you just... You're you're in and out, like you just can't remember every single detail. But Absolutely. Like, the main point's there and I just can't, like I wouldn't have given birth, I think, chosen to give birth any other way. It was just, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that mm. so much. So do you have anything um, – I'm trying to remember. No, that's right. Yeah, do you want to tell your beautiful um, finding out that you were pregnant type of yeah. story? I do love that. I love that story. Um, well, I turned 30 last year and um, at the start of the year, Adam and I were talking about, yeah, having kids soon. My timeline always in my head was like, you know, after five years and we had been together for almost five years at that point and um we said like, okay, you know, I had it written on my wall for my like manifestations. Like when I turn 30, I'll start seriously thinking about having kids, setting myself up, getting maternity leave, you know, all the financials to go with having a baby because it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was bizarre because as soon as I turned 30, we were on my 30th birthday holiday. So in, at Hamilton Island and... Yeah, I'm very good with my cycle. I'm a 28-day cycle girl. My periods were great. Very, you know, every um, cycle was on that 28th day. and Amazing. Cause, yeah. Sorry, had you been on any um, birth control before that or had you been off it for a while? So when Adam and I first met, I think I was on an – I was on it for like until from like 16 years old to probably about – Maybe early 20s when I discovered, like, it's not great for your body. It's, yeah. I think it really stuffed up with my gut bacteria and a yeah. lot of other pathways in my body. So then since, like, probably the age of 23, I didn't go back on any contraception. Yeah. And then when I met Adam at 25, we discussed it at the start. And that's a whole nother story. But, like, we went down the marina route. But we, at mm. the end of the day, we didn't choose any contraception. So it was just... yeah using protection and, um, yeah, following my cycle naturally, which I really – which really worked for me So because I had such a regular cycle. Amazing. So, yeah. so would you yeah. just be extra cautious around that ovulation yes. time because I'm – I yep. am not on any um, birth control and I'm a bit flimsy with it to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It's It was – because, uh, of course, you actually don't know. If your cycle isn't on that mark every month, it actually yeah. really is hard to pinpoint like – okay, it could be this day or three days, you know, in that time frame. But, um, like, if we were trying, like, if we actually went down this road of actually purposely trying, mm. which we didn't, mm-hmm. um, it would have been, like, me measuring my temperature and things like that yes. for ovulation. But, yeah, didn't do that. So, yeah. yeah, on my 30th birthday holiday, I was on day 31. A little bit, like, I always thought I was going to be that person, like, when I'm pregnant, I, my, I would know. 
Yeah. Nobody would know. Yeah. I'd be bloated. I'd be – something would be instilled in me to yes. let me know I'm pregnant. But I didn't have any of those feelings. I think – was it because I was just on margaritas every weekend for a month? <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> – and then you might have got the symptoms and yeah, thought, I'm like, just oh, hungover. I'm bloated, but it's all the margaritas I've been having. It's fine. <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, on that holiday, and I was day 31, I was just sitting there. We were all sitting there, like, about to mix up another round of Margie's. And, nice. Um, yeah, the pregnancy, I was like, oh, I could be, could be pregnant. Don't, don't know, guys. It's day 31. End up taking a pregnancy test. Didn't read it properly. Thought it was a false. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was that bizarre looking COVID one where I was like, I can't tell if this is telling me I'm pregnant or not pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Then we went to go buy another six tests. Like <laughs> I wanted to know if on Hamilton Island, not, like yeah, twelve dollars oh, yes. a test. <laughs> it was it was expensive. It was so like it was like a meal that we went out for because it was just like so many. Yes. Yeah, the prices were really ranked up on um Hamilton, and then yeah and. It was so, like, that journey, I could just, in the golf cart with Adam, and I just was quiet. I'm like, <laughs> this can't be happening. Like, this just is so surreal. I just sunk my fifth mark <laughs> of the day. What am I doing? Like, oh. And then Adam's cracking all these jokes, and he's like, wait, we got two in the back, like, you know, like, <laughs> indicating to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, this can't be happening. But, yeah, long story short, I was pregnant. When, we, when I found, when we did about the fourth test, I was just got teary-eyed my sister was getting teary-eyed Adam's sister was getting teary-eyed Adam came in we were all getting teary-eyed in the bathroom it was so beautiful and yeah found out I was pregnant and um Adam was just over the moon he was yeah yeah and then um yeah two days later he had proposed so it was just like this magical magical experience and holiday so yeah and you told me he was planning to propose on that trip the whole time yeah so he could have proposed actually before I found out I was pregnant because but he was the day uh, the weather was just so crap it was he was waiting for that first perfect day and yeah turned out to be yeah two days after we found out we were pregnant and it was bizarre because coming back from the holiday he was just like you know I thought the biggest thing about this holiday was like me proposing to you and just making that so special and oh like he's come back from the holiday like you know being engaged and Aww. finding out the the best news which is like finding out he was going to become a dad so yes yeah it was it, I couldn't have it any other way it was just magical so ah oh. yeah yeah so that yeah. is so magical I love that I love that. And I love that it was good news. Oh. You know, sometimes it can be pretty like, oh my gosh, yeah. mini freak out. But. but I think you're never really, like I was, I was, it was so surreal to me. I didn't believe it. And I was like, no, you're never really, really ready. Like, mm-hmm. but then when it happens, it's like, okay, well, this is the time now. This yeah. is the push that you needed to actually, yeah, get into gear and like get yourself set up. And yeah, so it was. Yeah, it was incredible. So exciting. Mm-hmm. So exciting. So where did you go from there? Like, did you. Yeah. Where did you go from there, actually? So, um, where from where, sorry, like from the Yeah, so you found out you were pregnant. Yeah. What kind of things did you start doing well, or thinking about what happened? I think just the biggest thing that was on the forefront of my mind was that my job currently, I was a contract teacher. So, my mm. biggest thing that I wanted to set myself with, up with before I was pregnant was getting maternity leave. Mm. And so, I think the toughest, not that it was... I say the toughest, but it probably wasn't. I did keep my pregnancy down on the down low, which yeah. is bizarre for women to have to do. Yeah. Like, 
But because yeah. I was that contract teacher, I was hoping to get a contract for the following year so I could get yeah. maternity leave. So then um, – that because that was going to change, you know, our, our lives and, like, yeah. being able to better support this baby. And we were very fine with our savings as well. But it was just – yeah, that was my aim – for me to get and um yes I can kind of kept it on the down low and then Mm. probably not to like halfway through my pregnancy I found out I was going to probably even more than halfway I found out I was going to get a contract the following year and Mm. oh it was just like oh I could just let my belly out yeah it was was hilarious though sucking baby in under the ribs like I wasn't hiding it but I wasn't showing it at work yes everyone was just like like you know, yeah, people don't come up and say that to no. you either. So, yeah, it was just she's had too many mugs. Yes, yes, too many mugs, and um, yeah. So that was part of my experience during the first half of the pregnancy. But apart from that, my pregnancy journey was just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I did feel like I had the glow. I did feel yeah. I felt really fatigued in the first try, um, but then I just after that it was kind of like uphill and just enjoying. Everyone pampering you and everyone caring and everyone yes. asking, how are you feeling today? Oh, no, don't do it. Like, it was just uh, – some people don't like it, but I really liked like yeah. that. And um, then I found you about half – a bit more than halfway throughout my pregnancy and I just felt like, oh, good, I'm such on the right path now. Like, Yay. just putting this movement into my body, like – Three times a week, knowing that it's all working towards what I really want in the end. It was a yeah. healthy bubby. And um, listening to so many podcasts with my birth prep and did Amazing. hypnobirthing with Adam. And, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing when was on my mind. Like I kept on hearing people saying on like podcast, podcasts that, like, you, you can't control all the elements of your birth, but you can definitely control that mindset and it's not just enough for you to say like oh, I want a healthy baby yeah. you can say and like say to yourself you can have a healthy baby and you deserve a gentle birth you deserve yeah. a birth that you are in control of and yeah and those words I kept with me the whole entire time that like no it's not just it's hard because you just don't want to say it's enough to have a healthy baby because of course you do you want mm-hmm. that baby to be as healthy as mm-hmm. he can be when mm-hmm. he enters the world but I, I gave myself that like gift of you know you deserve a great gentle birth that yeah will help empower you f- into this journey of motherhood and yeah oh, I love that yeah those words really kept with me for a while I love that so much I mm. completely agree because I feel like something that we kind of instill at Natural Birth Co is that a lot of mamas yeah it's like healthy mum healthy bub and then my birth desires down here yeah. like I really I want a natural birth but really what's most yeah. important is up here so when it comes to making decisions regarding safety of mum and bub they always choose the safe option yes. even if it's like the chances like statistically yeah. are, are fucking barely existent right yeah, exactly whereas I feel yeah, safety of mum and da- bub is first priority, but such a close second mm. is your birth desires. Like yeah. you 100% deserve that birth yeah. desire. And mm. yeah, it's so important. And I didn't – I actually avoided talking to people about my birth, like how I was preparing for my birth, mm-hmm. um, particularly with people that – not such close friends, but like, you know, those people, like your colleagues or anything like that. It was, it was something that I didn't want to – um, talk about too much because I didn't want their views on me or then because they're like oh no, it doesn't matter I had this one comment like oh it doesn't matter like you just want a healthy bub right and I'm like 
No, it does matter. <laughs> Why are you projecting <laughs> well, yeah, your shit yeah, on me? Like, exactly. Like, no, I'm – and the mamas that I spoke to, to gave birth quite some time ago and mm-hmm. it was just – the way they birthed in that back then was just so – it's so different to how I'm preparing for my birth now yeah. and – yeah, I just I didn't want – I only chose to speak to certain people about my birth story because I didn't want – because I was sort of, that I knew a lot of negative birth stories and I just wanted people to be like – you. and it really did help. My best friends were always just like, you're just oh, – you're going to be amazing. You're yes. Be amazing. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I feel that. Like I feel like I'm going to be really empowered throughout this birth and I've done everything that I possibly can to prepare for it. So – Absolutely. Mm. Oh, that's so key, John. Yeah. That's so key. That's yeah. so key. I just love that so much because exactly as you said, yeah, you gotta pre- you got to protect your energy in pregnancy. Mm. you got to protect the vibe if you're around negative people all the time or if you're saying, oh, I want a really natural birth to like these kind of yes. randoms that you don't really like know. You want to you say that, you want to say that, but I feel like people are just like, mm, yeah. yeah, but you got to know that it might not happen. And yeah, even though I know that's a reality in my, like, you know, I yeah. just don't need to hear it no. spoken <laughs> I completely agree. (laughs) I completely agree. And I feel the same about negative birth stories. Like, yeah, you know we could potentially go to a cesarean section or whatever else can happen. Mm. Like, you're not not unaware. You know, Mm. you've heard of this stuff all before. Yeah. In pregnancy, we know that that's stuff there, but we don't need to delve into that. We don't need to immerse ourselves in that and we don't need to put that into our brain. Yeah. That, you know, that's a very high potential because it's not a high potential. When you do the thi- yeah. all the things, it's not a high potential. It's yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. And I just felt like I'm just – I felt like everyone I was speaking to didn't do the things I was doing. So yeah. not that I'm inventing new things. It's just going down this certain pathway. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I just felt like I just kept that to myself or just spoke to the NBC mamas because we yeah. all had that – kind of connection in that way yeah um, but yeah yeah it was incredible pregnancy and yeah I wouldn't question about my birth prep again so. I love that so much I'm intrigued because I feel you know throughout your life up until you're pregnant we get all these different opinions and views of birth whether it be how your mum birthed how your friends are birthed and mm. um, what we see in movies and all that sort of stuff and it creates this subconscious view and belief of birth mm-hmm. when you we're going throughout your pregnancy, probably more so before you did your hypnobirthing and yoga and stuff. How was your perception on birth? birth. Did you have a positive perception or more fearful? Oh, a few close girlfriends around me had had not had babies. So one was a cesarean from my really good mate, and another um, like when you listen to birth stories too before you're even pregnant or go down that route. You hear these stories, but you just can't grasp the meaning of like syntocin or what yes. does that mean or dilation or yeah. all these terms are thrown at you. So you listen to these birth stories, but it's not until like now that I really understand their emotions throughout their birth story so I can yeah. better relate. But I was surrounded with just at the end of the day, like with these stories that it's not how I wanted to birth. And mm-hmm. it was just those – those um stories that made me feel like oh god maybe that's gonna be me or mm. like oh, what can I do to like not because I'm also oblivious and love living my own world and thinking oh that's not me that's not me I'm going to be totally fine which yeah. is there's a beauty in being oblivious I think a little bit because you, you protect yourself but mm-hmm. um that was like understanding c-section was a fear of mine mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, and th- those um, stories kind of built can build a belief of thinking that you you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But then um, it wasn't until I was pregnant that I really started looking into, okay, this is me, this is my body, this is my story, I'm going to mm-hmm. create my own story. Oh. And whatever it does, that's mine. It's no one else's. Amazing. So I had to actually tell myself that a lot when I heard about of like all these intervention births that – because intervention is – I had to also understand there's nothing wrong – yeah, with um, intervention, if that's what something you needed and wanted, and yeah. um, it was just me having power over my own birth, and I wanted to, and that involved you educating yourself, yeah, on what these different terms are, not, and because the whole pregnancy, you're making decisions for both of you mm-hmm. throughout that birth, you're making decisions for both of you, then mm-hmm. well, your whole motherhood is ahead, then mm-hmm. making more decisions, so. There was definitely nothing wrong with having the knowledge I had throughout mm-hmm. the pregnancy, um, but yeah, it was that was the turning point. Getting pregnant and going onto that journey was like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I am creating my own story right now. I'm not having to listen to anyone else. So. That's so powerful. Mm. I fucking love that. That was like a conscious choice. Like, yeah, you, it's not like you necessarily entered that pregnancy experiencing knowing. Everyone has natural births. Natural births are normal. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, there was these other stories and you just chose to be like, no, I'm going to birth differently. I'm going to create my own story and Mm. I'm going to do it differently. And I just think that, you know, whether it's placebo or not, who knows, but I'm all for placebo. placebo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If it works, it works. Give it to me. Sugar pills. (laughs) 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 I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. So like say if someone's had a birth that could have been perfect for them, but it's not necessarily something Mm. you desire. You just doing your birth prep different to how they did it allows Mm. you to really embody what sounds like it was a bit of an affirmation Mm. of I'm going to create my own story. My Mm. birth is going to be my birth and I'm going to have the power in my birth. Because I didn't want to also tell my story to someone who's just been through a traumatic birth either. Yeah. Because I didn't want them, I didn't want to project something onto them that would make them feel, oh, I birthed the wrong way or yeah. to make them feel even just reflecting, not feel good about themselves. Yeah. So I just, I really only spoke about it to particular people and people who asked and really wanted to know. Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. And yeah. because some people like at different stages, you know, depending on how their births are, they have the capacity to kind of emotionally deal with it or not. And usually you can pick that up you know what yes, I mean um, that, read that yeah yeah so even at like yoga the other day um in that particular conversation we were mm. talking about before you quite easily you just said like when she asked how was yours um and it was, I think it was probably more out of politeness mm. at, at that stage of the game um mm. for her postnatal journey you were like yeah it was good it was it was pretty long like 24 hours but no it was nice yeah but I, could, just I didn't chilled. even want to say 24 hours because you know yeah. <laughs> she is such like, a long one yeah yeah and I was like Oh, shut up, Jam. Just shut no. Up. <laughs> but it was just it's it's hard, like because I do believe I have this beautiful set of empathy now after giving birth. Yeah. To pregnant mamas, and I, every time I see a newborn now, I just like I yes. get so excited. Yeah. And I just feel like, oh, you're doing well, mama. You're doing so well. Yes. So when I see something like, I just want to be like, God, you just elevated. You've elevated. Yeah. Like, you know. So yeah, it's very very particular. Like the. So careful choosing your words. Yes. To, oh. to a mama. Story of my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Because I just mean the best. Yeah. But it can 
like their perception of it may not be that way too. Yes. So it's, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's something I, yeah. I was telling you before how I've had to figure out how to fucking talk to these people in groups. <laughs> how to be a good human being. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're in groups of people as well. Yeah. So it could be daunting talking mm. about, you know, the most vulnerable time of your life for yeah. a lot of these mummers um, to a group of people, which yeah. some of them, you know, they may not know. Um, yeah. Or I, I'll put my foot in it and I say, you know, I didn't do that with the testing. I didn't want to have that. Yeah. But then this mama has had that experience and that was her experience. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, I did not mean that in the wrong way. No. I just meant like for me personally. I know, I know, I know. And that's something that I've adapted. Sometimes less is more. I can babble a bit and I've been like trying not to babble Mm. and I very much think before I talk a lot without NBC mamas because, yeah, yeah, everyone has their own little, um, you know, emotional kind of triggers and stuff like that. It's a very emotional, vulnerable time. Mm. (laughs) And we've already navigated it being pregnant because – you know, like comments like, you're so big. And, oh, you know, like, yeah. But then I would say that to my best friend, like, oh my goodness, like, you're big, you're growing. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But in the most nurturing yes. type of way, not in like, oh, you're fat. No. It's so hard because I didn't mind those comments, like, you're big. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Because I just felt beautiful. Yes. So like, but for someone else, that could be a trigger. So Yes. And it very much is for a lot of our mamas. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's different as well. As you said, it coming from a best friend in a nurturing way that's yes. different to like, yeah. you know, some old fart at your work yeah. who's, you so know, just big. saying, oh, wow, you've gotten big. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just so different in the intent. Yeah. 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 Uh, amazing. Okay, cool. So then you went throughout your pregnancy and you were coming to yoga until like 41 weeks, like right up until I was, birth. So tell us yeah. that journey and even how you felt kind of hitting that due date and going beyond. Yeah, so my mindset definitely like, oh, God, I loved that I was on 36 weeks and maternity leave. It was a dream. I was like, get me up like late on mornings, coffee. I was just so excited just to really immerse into my birthing space and have time to prepare for that. I love that. And Adam wasn't home yet, so I was like – it was like I'm trying to fully immerse, but not too much. <laughs> and I don't want babe to think yes, I'm ready just yes. yet. <laughs> like, you know, relax down there, but don't relax too much. Um, so that was my mindset as soon as I hit maternity leave. Um, yeah, going through that. And then after a couple of weeks then, I think I was at week, um, my due date was March the 9th and Adam was coming home March the 2nd or 3rd. So I kind of thought, okay, you know, when he's here, it'll happen. It, mm-hmm. Of course it was because he then had seven weeks. Like, I'm not going to be seven weeks overdue. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And um, so he came home on the 3rd of March. And I think I had that one of those stories of you telling me from a previous yes. mama. So I thought, oh, he's going to be home and I'm going to have baby. And uh, I reflected on that after. I was like, <laughs> I fucking put my foot in it. I set this expectation. <laughs> but it was just so beautiful to think about. It was yeah. just a beautiful story to it think was. in the it background was. anyway. So every kind of, I didn't, because I had so many text messages and some mums might not like that. Like, how are you feeling? How are you going during those crucial, like, two mm-hmm. weeks where your due, due date is? But I loved it. I loved people checking in on me. Aww. I love that. Like, everyone's just thinking of me. My It just brought me and my stepmom closer together, Aww. me and my mom, me and my nan. Like, it was just, oh, it was incredible. And I just felt so much love. Yeah. And then... So every day I was getting up after that t- 
time Adam was home, baby wasn't here, I just thought, okay, this is another day for like you to relax. This is another day for you to yeah. do some breath prep. Like, oh, I don't have my affirmations up yet. Let's do that. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I made my own little affirmation wall and um, yeah, a few things from hypnobirthing like – like this um, crowning of a flower. Like, have you seen that image of a flower? And it's uh-huh. like a baby's head crown. I'll have to show you. Yeah, please do. All these images of like, you know, don't look at this until you're ready to give birth. Because like, you know, again, it could be placebo. But it, yeah. it made me feel like once I put that image up, I'm ready. So yes. I put that up in my room. A lot of affirmations. Still did my movement every day. Yeah. Went to your classes three times a week. And loved it when I had maternity leave off. And yes. just immersed into that. And I don't think I was getting really irritated until probably about – I said I was – in my mind I was like, I'm relaxed, I'm fine, baby will – I always knew, baby will come when he when he comes. Yeah. And I still do those fun things like pregnancy massage and hit my labour points and yes. herb walking and stair walking and all that type of thing. But yes. I think after I exhausted them after about four or five days or so, I was like, oh, that's – Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm over it now. Yeah, Bored, over, yeah, move yeah, on. <laughs> Um, and I was like, yeah, like even just like having sex, I was like, oh, let's do this. Like, yes, deal didn't work. And I just, oh. yeah, it was just like, baby's just going to come. A baby came, but I told myself I'm going to be so relaxed and chilled. Yeah. I think it was up to that point where I was like, if that, if I'm booked for induction, that's going to put me on edge a little bit. Yeah. So I got to the point. And here am I reading, Googling everything for like, how late can you be? Like what? And trying to listen to these podcasts about like, you know, your due date is just a general term. It's mm-hmm. not like, because no one can 100% um, put an accuracy pinpoint mm-hmm. on like when you ovulated and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all that jazz. So, um, yeah, it was at this point that I was just like, okay, well, I'm at day, I had my last midwife appointment in probably week 41 mm. plus two days. Mm-hmm. I was pretty stoked about that because I was like, I'm so glad because I heard in like pre- every hospital and midwife I guess is different. But um, on certain podcasts I heard that people really pu- – like midwives would push you to get induced at week 38, week mm. 39. Mm-hmm. So I was so glad my midwife did not mention induction really. Amazing. Until we said we're not going to properly talk about it till week 41. Yeah. I was like, great. So week forty. That's amazing. Yeah, I was. You were with MGP, hey? Yeah. On no, I wasn't actually. I was just wow. seeing a midwife at Maroochydore Hub. Um, uh, consistently. Yeah, consistently. Oh, like good. Two weeks when I hit that thirty-five week mark, I think. Oh, good. But she was the same one I saw throughout my whole pregnancy. So good. Yeah, she was a character. She, yeah, she was a. She was one of those blunt type of. Yeah. yeah. But she got, yeah, she was just good. I just loved that I got to see the same one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I went to go see her in my very last appointment. And she said, like, okay, we're going to talk about induction. I was like, okay. Um, was Adam there at that appointment? Adam was there too because it is so – with these appointments, it was really hard because I was so strong in my m- mindset. I was like, okay, if they ask me about iron infusions, you know what to say mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Like, you know how to be strong in your mm-hmm. – it was so hard because when I left those appointments, after they giving me this bill on their side, I thought, oh, my God, am I doing the wrong thing? Yeah. <laughs> Not getting the gestational diabetes test. Am I doing the wrong thing? Yeah. Not like, you know, getting this particular test done. And so I needed Adam there for this induction talk. Because like, that's a big one. Yeah. And Adam's like – so they gave us a choice. They're like, okay, we can book it for next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Which you would have been 42 weeks? 40. So I gave birth on 41 plus three. Mm-hmm. So at 
this point, yeah, I would have been 40 because they do like a 41 plus, they do a 40 plus 10 day. Yeah. Yeah. They say 40 plus 10 days. And yes. They encourage the induction then. Yeah. So they encouraged it. So I went to see her on the Wednesday yeah. and they encouraged it for the following Tuesday, which would have been around that 40 plus 10 days time. Okay. Yeah. So I was hoping I was going to give birth over the weekend. Mm. So with this induction, they gave us two options. Okay, you can book for this induction and like if it comes to the day you want to reschedule, you can do that or we just That's leave. nice that they said that. Yeah, or you can just leave it and, you know, yeah. you don't have to do it. And I was just like, actually, I was just looking at Adam the whole time. I was like, I don't even want to book it. I don't right. want to have it over my head. Yeah. But they said, oh, like, you know, if we book it, like you can easily change it. But if we book it, you know, it's always going to be there and – Anyway, at the end, we did end, end up booking it, but I, yeah. I didn't feel easy about it after I left. I just uh, felt so weird about it, but I just thought, oh, no, I'm going to give birth before then anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but then that was the end of that show because then actually straight away after that appointment, I think my waters had been leaking two nights prior. So, and mm-hmm. then, you know, after her doing her checks, she was like, okay, I'm just going to send you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And where they open up, I don't know that what that procedure is Oh, the spec. Called. Yeah. Yeah. And check it that your waters had been breaking. So that was, yeah, we were in the hospital for all that morning and thankfully they said, you know, your waters mm-hmm. haven't broken, which I think they just healed up again. Or, yeah, the hind leg. Yeah, I've actually had leg. like three mamas with that recently yeah. in pregnancy yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but see, I was so excited for any change down there. Because yes. Because I was like, oh, it means I'm getting closer. Absolutely. So I wasn't concerned about that. And yeah. it wasn't until I was like, oh, no, you're going straight to the hospital to have a check that I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. But it, that ended up the way I wanted to. And they did offer a stretch and sweep then on that Wednesday. Yeah. But I said, um, no, I'm happy to just <laughs> yes. let things come. So What was your reasoning behind that? I'm intrigued. For no stretch and sweep. Yeah. I just... I just didn't want anything. I wanted it to come. I wanted my baby to come when he was ready. And I didn't want, I have a thing. I just didn't want anyone down there messing up things that they, Mm -hmm. that could just go naturally. Mm -hmm. So it was Mm -hmm. not saying that that's the wrong, like Mm -hmm. sometimes they're needed, Mm. but I just, I wanted my. That's what you wanted for your journey. Yeah. That's my journey. Yeah. I wanted that. hundred percent. And, um, and I was very confident too at that point. So I was just confident that my body said, like, it was amazing because I had, I'm pretty sure I was leaking my waters for, like, two nights prior. Mm. And because um, I just would wake up and my undies, like, would be soaking. soaking wow. But they weren't, like, it was, like, with a clear liquid too. So, yeah, yeah it was bizarre. And um, But it was amazing because after that appointment, I didn't have anything again. So it's, like, kind of like my body saying, you know what, we're going to close. Yeah, like, just yeah. kind of, like. So you don't have to go through any more of this yeah. Type of stuff. Yeah. It was, yeah. I kind of took it as a sign that my body is going with me here on this. Yeah. Point. It's like, trust me. It's all right. Yeah. Your yeah. borders haven't broken. You're, you're good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so then from that Wednesday, still enjoying my life. I'm maternity leave for a couple of days. Yeah. And it wasn't until that Friday. I'd woken up and I just felt like churning in my belly, like, like I needed to go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. You know, you probably just didn't – probably was <laughs> – on my holiday would have been like, oh, that was the Margs, you know, the Margs. Yeah. Margs but this is like, no, you probably just ate something. Yeah. You know, probably eating something that you feel sick in the belly. Like, you're not giving birth. You just feel a bit off. And um, so – Which is so good for the mental state. As yeah. I always say, birth is more of a mental game than a physical game. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Write it off to something else yeah. as long as you yeah, can. that's fine. So it was about 10 o'clock in the morning and Adam and I – um. Wanted to go to the beach. It was a beautiful day. We went to the beach. It was um, 
I still felt like maybe tingles then in the, my back and I was like, oh, I'm okay. Nothing's happening really. And Adam's just looking at me. He's like, you're having a baby. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, I know. I would know. So we went to the beach as usual, had a beautiful swim, sat in the sun for 10 minutes just – but we were quiet the whole time because we kind of knew what was happening and we just didn't say anything to each other. <laughs> and like, I was just sitting on the beach and he's just lying. Like, He'd be like, keep it cool, yeah, keep it cool. Keep it calm, collected, calm, collected. And then I felt like – I can't remember at what point my waters broke because I just felt like there was things just coming down there. Like yeah, bit, but I did have the bloody show definitely from that Wednesday to that Friday. Oh wow! And I loved that because I was like, oh, "This is another sign." Yes, okay. oh, my body's getting ready. And then so I left the beach, got home. Um, it was about sitting on my football, and it was about one o'clock at this point, and I and I could feel just like I wouldn't, I don't even know what to call them, but just like yeah, tingles in my back, just like. Oh yeah, there's something happening down there. Mm. So it's still very logical, obviously early labour. This like very early, early. So mm-hmm. then my mum cooked me a great lunch. I had an omelet and rice, and then a cliff bar after that. At some point, because I was like, okay, if this is if this is the start, I'm going to need to load up on some carbs here <laughs> and have a good meal. So I did that. I was managed to keep it all down. I was great. So then at two o'clock, it started to become very consistent. And um, at two o'clock in the afternoon, it was happening. A surge would come every about half an hour or so. Mm -hmm. And it was enjoyable. It was, but it kind of went so quick. I think that's the most fuzziest memory of my labor journey because because all of a sudden it was 7.30 at night and we're going to the hospital. So it was, yeah, it was from 2 p.m. in the afternoon. It happened every half hour and I tried to use I was in those positions um on my football in the lounge room so comfortable exactly how I envisioned it it was like <sighs> me just um on my all fours mm. and then my head resting on the football and then I didn't want to talk too much but so I tried to use the relaxing my jaw and mm. um like making like a moaning sound just mm. so Adam too could know that I'm having a search right now so he could time it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like time it, time it, time mm-hmm. it. I just didn't want that. Like, Perfect. Yeah. So, and he was timing it and it was, yeah, it would it went from half an hour to every 20 minutes mm-hmm. to every 14 minutes, mm-hmm. every seven minutes. And then at this point at six o'clock at night, it was like, yeah, it was um, getting closer, more intense. Mm. And I was like, oh. Is this the worst of it? Because I'm doing quite well here. Like, <laughs> I am a killing this shit. I don't know about you. Ree, but I feel was the same, exactly the same. And she was like, "I was such a cocky thing." Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "I'm dealing with this way better second time than the first time." <laughs> it's so funny. And I'm like, saying I'm, the same. I I went to the all I was craving to was a hot shower. So like, I did my positions on the floor. Then was in the shower, and then at this point it was probably probably about five p.m. in the or six p.m. in the evening, and um, Adam had called the hospital just to check and spoke mm-hmm. to the midwives, and I spoke to them quite calmly, and obviously they gauged that to think you know how close you are, yeah. And um, I was still thinking very logically, so mm-hmm. I was like, I can't be there yet. I'm still mm-hmm. you know managed to hold a conversation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, spoke to the hospital, spoke to my doula. Rosie and she was great she's like just stay at home as long as you can which was my plan originally Mm. but that also got hard too because I just knew there was this block there that okay this is not my birthing space Mm. so I couldn't fully immerse I'm that type of person that yeah like 
I need it to be in my birthing space so I can fully relax and know because if I know I'm not giving birth at home, there's going to be hindrance. Like I'm not going to relax completely. Fair call. That's a really like, great point to bring up because I think there's other people like you as well where, you know, we're always saying stay home as long mm. as you can, stay home as long as you can. But then in the same breath, it's like, yeah, you don't necessarily feel like you can fully surrender because you're like, oh, I've got still got to go through this annoying car drive. Yeah. You know, what it was. Yeah. Was, I, was, I was thinking about the whole time too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good point to bring up. Yeah. yeah so um, it wasn't till. Yeah, so I spoke to the midwives, my doula, and had a hot shower, and I felt great in there. And mm. then it was close to yeah seven o'clock at night, and I had just because I was like, oh, remember to you need to eat and pee, eat and pee, eat and pee, you know. Mm. So I went to go pee, and then came out from the toilet and just power spewed everything that I had ate up. Like wow, oh, like everything, and I was just like to it. Like, okay, it's time to go now. <laughs> and then I was just like, okay. It was like I've never seen spew before. I was just like, okay, I've, I've got, I don't know what's happening again. <laughs> Is this normal? <laughs> it was because I was a burpa during labour. Right. A burpa and a spewer. Wow. Yeah. It was That's, I always feel really really bad for mummers who were spewers in labour. It's I just sp- fucking so much Not discomfort. that I would spew, but I would gag to spew. Yeah, wow. It was crazy. So that was my final pushing point, like, get me in the car. We're going. Yeah. And so, and this is about 7.30 at night. Yeah, so yeah. this is about 7.30 at night and my mum was with me, which I wasn't expecting, but it was cute. My mum hmm. just comes in the car, like, with her handbag and <gasps> so it wasn't until later that I'm like, she should have been more prepared to be, like, there for longer because yes. she didn't have anything else with her. <laughs> So my mom's with me, Adam's in the car, I've got my relaxation music on, I've kept my eyes closed the whole entire time because I didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to know where we were on the drive, I didn't want any, yes. yeah, anything to do with that. Got to the hospital, like Adam was very calm, he knew exactly where, because we had done a few trips to the hospital before. That's so, so helpful. It was so helpful because it's a yeah, it was confusing. Like mm-hmm. the first time we were there, where to park and how to get to the um, birthing suites. Mm-hmm. So then we walked through the hospital. Can't remember that. My eyes were shut. Can remember stopping at one point and someone else saying like, "Oh, does she need a wheelchair? Is she okay?" Like it was yeah. really sweet. But I was like, "No, <laughs> we gotta go. get the fuck <laughs> out of my way." <laughs> so no, we were just yeah walking through the hospital, eyes closed, and then we got there, and they wouldn't open the doors. And I was like, "Oh, babe, you have one job: just press the button, like just get us through." Yeah, my doula was there after we got through the doors, and then oh, I finally got into this beautiful like dark room. Mm. And I was like, "Hey, it's going to happen here." Yes, so pumped for it. And as soon as I got in there, I was like, oh, the bath. Like, I want that bath. Yes. And, um, yeah, little did I know that was about that I was going to have about five baths at that point like, you know, <laughs> throughout the whole labor. So, yeah. But um, so we were in the birthing suite and everything was dark lit. Adam's there preparing the, like, you know. Environment. Yeah, had the um, candles, like the light candles out. Yeah. Music. I didn't like silence. I needed to have something on in the background. I didn't care what it was. Yeah. And it was my doula with me, um, Adam and my mum. And yeah, weren't we in for a ride? Like, which yeah. we did not know at that point. <laughs> so the bath was filling up and I hopped in the bath and that was going to be, yeah, the first 
few hours of my journey there. And, and no uh, vaginal exams to get in the bath. No. So good. And Did you just say no? They offered and you just said no. Yeah, I said no. I didn't want – actually, I don't think they even offered that early on, which I was surprised about. That is so surprising. Which is, yeah, which was nice. We had this mm. beautiful midwife called Carly and she was just oh, so surreal how you've got these most – amazing people with you for this most crucial point of your life and you never see them again yes 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 um but we're in the bath and yeah I was just uh, my head was resting on the on the bathtub and just going through my surges and Adam was there tickling my back and Rosie was there and my mom's there in the corner like she she was crying because I was. She didn't like seeing me in pain. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just like looking at mum's like, oh god, mum, you got to pull yeah, your shit yeah, together. Pull your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Work with me here. Um, so you weren't originally expecting her to be in your birth. No, race. she wasn't in the plan at all. Ah, how did you feel yeah. about that? I felt like oh, special that my mum can experience this, and it was like a bonding experience. Yeah. Um, and oh, when I look back. When I look back now, is that I'm so glad she was there. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. I think it's nice for her to think that she was there, the most important, like one of the most important parts of my life. So. I think about that too sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Like it's a pretty precious thing. Yeah. That you can give them. Yeah, definitely. And yourself. And she'd be tickling my back too. Oh. Yeah. Well, tears were falling down. <laughs> like I was like, oh. <laughs> did she have good mm. births? She um did. Like, all I can envision when she tells me her birth stories is that classic, like, on her back, on the hospital bed. Right. Those types of birth. Like, she, um, you know, and she's Thai, so I guess there's not much birth prep in her culture. Yeah. And, yeah, so totally yeah. different probably birth experiences then. And she probably associates it kind of like trauma. Mm. And so then seeing you in that, she's kind of yeah. thinking you're going through the same thing. Yeah, And, exactly. like, oh, my poor girl is yeah. going through trauma. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so my team was, yeah, just incredible in that birthing room. And the midwife, Carly, would just come in and out. She kind of left us alone for a lot of the time, which was amazing. But I always felt, because Rosie was there, our jeweler, that we were always, had someone in our corner, Mm. had someone always there. So then, yep, in the bath, nothing happened. I knew I wasn't going to give birth at that point. It was just relaxation. Then I would get out of the bath and then be on all four. So I was going through my positions and... um. Still very logically thinking at that point, going mm. through those positions. And, um, again, football, they had a mat. I was on the mat at some point. Adam was like, I actually didn't like the pressure on my back, um, mm. which is weird because I am a very, like, I'm a physical touch mm-hmm. person. I love cuddles. I love tickles. But I mm. didn't couldn't stand that on my back. And I was like, oh, don't touch me to Adam Interesting. at one point. Interesting. Yeah. So Including the hips? Mm. Wow. I didn't Interesting. Want anyone. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So this happened for about five hours, me in the shower. I just craved that hot, warm water, me sitting on the football in the shower, me mm. on a bath mat in the shower, and, like, everything. I was just in so many different positions trying to figure out what my body needed at, at any point. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, yeah, I was in a lot of different positions, but nothing felt more, like, powerful than another. So mm. I didn't at that point. Mm. So then I was doing this for probably, I'd say, about, 10, 10 hour mark and mm. um so about like five ish the next morning yeah yeah I would, like because the room's dark lit you have no concept of time yeah none <laughs> and there was points I was coming out of the shower like naked because I just didn't care about my no undies or anything anymore my bra and 
yeah. mom would be curled up on the couch sleeping. Rosie's got the hospital bed and yes. Adam was just like on the floor on the mattress. Like everyone was asleep and I had to laugh at that point and leave because I was like, <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. I'm sleeping and I'm here just trying to give birth, guys. Like, <laughs> fucking naked, yeah. coming out of the shower, <laughs> like, having a baby. Yes. Relax. Relax. <laughs> I got this. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> What did I? What did I get to do? Out of it? No, yeah. totally. Yes, it was just. I thought that was such a beautiful moment. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than anything, and then so yeah. At this point, there was um. So it, when everyone was awake, obviously, uh, head midwife came in. Just they were so beautifully, like so caring in their words when they spoke oh, to me that. and they were like oh, look I don't want to interrupt your birth space but you've been here for about I can't remember the time frame here probably mm. be like 12 hours or something you've been here for about 12 hours now um I've understand that you've rejected all the vaginal exam examinations mm. happening to now but because it's about 12 hours or so and we really encourage this at some point you've come into the hospital because you've wanted our assistance Mm. So, you know, I really encourage you to do this or, you know, mm. I can't remember if she says the word go home mm. or in my head I'm like they probably would make me do this vaginal exam or maybe go home. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. The was Adam my- there hearing that? Yeah. Yes. I wonder, I wonder yeah. what his memory of it was because yeah. that could easily, you know, how we can, especially when you're in that labor space, you're kind of like what's real, what's not. Yes. I wonder if that's. Just what you took yeah. from it or yeah, yeah, interesting. So at this point, like every I don't know how often they do it, but they always they were always um measuring Bobby's heartbeat and mm. I rejected a lot of them too because God, it just felt like every ten minutes. Really? I, yeah. yeah. It was so constant. Yeah. Um, and a few of my Good on you for saying no. I said a no to a lot of them. And Good. but um I think the fear was in my mind too because eventually when I was there for a little bit longer, mm. they would measure Bobby's heartbeat and be like, oh, my God, he's in distress. Mm. Like, you've, and that was a that was a f- definitely a f- that definitely something playing in the back of my mind throughout mm. this whole experience. Interesting. But, yeah, so I said agreed to this vaginal exam and then, uh, God, it was painful getting on the floor, I could remember. And um, once I got on the floor, I had um, – the same midwife do the exam and I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. And then she had um, just kind of given my daughter like the thumbs up being like, you know, she's good. Like, Yeah. And Rosie took that as like, oh, she's fully dilated. She's like, she's, ah. she's good. So I didn't want to know. Anyway, I had a nap on the floor from that point in time. Adam so had, good. Like, cuddled me from behind. It was oh, just so nice. Oh, beautiful. But I, and that's it. Napping in labor is such a great I thing to not conserve your energy. That existed. Mm-hmm. Rosie, it wasn't until Rosie said the words to me at some point, like, you can rest. Mm. You don't mm-hmm. have to be yeah. up on your feet the whole entire time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a recipe for exhaustion yeah. and tapping out. Yeah. And yeah. every time I, I can remember, I had three big naps throughout this time. Mm-hmm. After each nap, I was like, let's do this. Yes. Yes. I'm ready for it again. So good. So how would you do that? You'd rest on the floor on your side and in between contractions, you would doze off. Oh, yeah. And then experience a contraction. I was there for about an hour and a half. And you don't realize that, obviously, when you're down for help. But, like, I might have slept through some of them too. But every time um, I felt it, I just felt me kind of, like, shake from side to, like, move, sway from side to side. Yes. Like, rocking like this yeah like, yeah it was just incredible and um that's amazing had a, had a great nap and yeah so 
Um, after that point, it had come down like another bath, another shower, mm. another like, you know, another position on the floor. It got to the like 15, maybe the 15, 16 hour mark. And they mm. said like, okay, he's, you know, I had another midwife at this point and um, they said, let's do another vaginal exam. And I said, okay, I'm not ready for one yet. Mm. I, do, I don't want to know. Mm. Um, and she suggested, um, okay, well, you know, there's also syntocin as, as an option here too if you want to go down that route. And I just looked at Rosie because it was just so – I didn't know what that, that even meant at that point in time right. either. So I was yeah. good just looking at Rosie and being like, okay, is this something that I wanted? Like, this Yeah. Stuff? I didn't know. So at that point, um, I was like – I remember saying to Rosie, no, give me another four hours. Like, mm. want, give me mm-hmm. some more time to just mm-hmm. – I'm going to have this baby. And I just thought maybe I needed to hear that to push the baby out. Like, yes. give me four hours. Like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, put a time on yeah. it. This is fucking going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So labor's been beautiful. I'm yeah. done. Let's yeah. birth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So from that, I was like, oh, that four hours went so quick. Right. But then again, it was more of the birth positions. It was then like, and my midwife was so funny. She was just like, okay, we're getting this baby out. And like, and she was throwing out all options out there and doing, um, what's when, what's it when you've got that cloth? And they were like. Rebozo? Yeah. Oh, wow. She was doing Rebozo. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. And my doula was as well, um, doing all that. And then, and the positions that I really worked for me then was sitting on the toilet. Wow. Sitting on the toilet, I just felt a jolt and I felt, oh, baby's coming down. Like, this is, this is what's going to happen. So good. Yeah. Do you remember what your knees were doing at that point? I think my knees were in. in. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. But epic. It was like painful that I didn't want to go to the toilet because I knew that was this, it was so intense. But then I was like, oh, this is going to get me there. Mm. So I'd just be sitting on the toilet. And- That's it. It's like, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because we kind of say, you know, avoid positions that don't feel good. Mm. But positions that don't feel good doesn't necessarily include intense yes. and and a really strong downward yeah. motion, right? Like that's, that's something, although it's a little bit like, ee, you really got to lean into that. That's not something to run away from. So that's yeah. so cool that you notice that yeah. and lent into that. Yes, because yeah. at that point I was – because I put myself on a bit of a four-hour mark mm. – I was like, I'm so craving that downward motion. Mm. I'm craving feeling Mm -hmm. his head come down Mm. so much because every time – because I did have urges to push um, throughout my labour and they could tell from my body language and my, like, noise level Mm -hmm. that it was getting intense, but I just didn't have enough contractions close together to – to really get there mm-hmm. so I had been pushing at this point like when I had that four hours to go I had been pushing previously to that mm. just nothing was progressing mm. so I was really craving that and so the toilet worked really well for me and then also squatting oh my god wow. so Adam and I were like squatting for like 20 minutes like I was on, yeah he was in front of me my hands were resting on his shoulders and um I would squat feel like such a jolt and then come up again and oh, – How and would you like, squat? Like not all the way – not like a malasana in yoga, but just kind of like a, a gym squat sort of thing. So he was in front of me and I would squ- – he would squat down with me. So yeah. It's, yeah, I would kind of squat like yeah, – probably like knee level and just yes. until I felt that jolt and then come back up again. Yeah. And then – and I did that. And I was like, oh, this is, this is going to work. Yes. Like, so I was really pulling out all those really intense yes. positions at that point. Absolutely. 
And then it came around for the four-hour mark and I agreed to another vaginal exam because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is going to tell because baby's not here yet. I've had about mm. five showers at this point. Mm-hmm. I've had mm-hmm. another bath. I've been pushing. I had put was pushing. I wasn't mm. just laboring. I was pushing for mm. probably like about six hours. And mm. um, I remember saying, God, I could be do- I could be here for another whole day. <laughs> I don't want to be here for a day. I got stuff to do. Yeah. Like, I can't. This is not my story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I um but like at, up until this point everything was your choice and I just yeah. love that. Everything was very considered. What do I want? X or Y. Yeah. Some things were yes, some things were no. And then she'd mentioned too, my doula Rosie had this like concoction of like these drops and she's like, I could can't remember what she called it, but she was like giving that to me. It was really this strong herby taste too. Mm. Again. Placebo, I don't know, but I mm-hmm. just love that she said they'll bring on more intensity, and it actually did. It brought interesting an intensity, like for me to have that urge to push, but it wasn't mm-hmm. enough um, mm-hmm. for any progression to happen. Mm. So then I agreed to another vaginal exam about twenty hours, and um, they said I was eight centimeters, and I s- and I was like really confused because Rosie Rosie was even really confused because she thought I was like fully dilated. With the first exa- examination, but apparently it was only seven centimeters at that point. Uh, so in four hours, I had reached one centimeter. Mm. Again, I was very weary about two different midwives doing my vaginal exam. Exactly, it's the f- length of your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like I just knew that I, you know, so I, just I didn't have that. At, yeah, I didn't have that in my toolboxes. Yeah, but then it was at that point where I was like, okay, where am I at? Where? Mm-hmm. Fair call. So eight centimeters, and then I decided. <sighs> I had a big melt, not a meltdown. Mm-hmm. I had a huge cry at this point because I was like, mm. I've done it. What is wrong? I've mm-hmm. done everything I possibly could do. Mm-hmm. I was, Rosie was just like, just let it out. I was just crying like on my mm. football. Adam was holding my hand and it was such a release of emotion. Like mm. it was, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Am I pushing wrong? Am I, am I like just asking myself all these questions? And Rosie was amazing. She was just like, you're doing nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You're 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 listening to your body. You're pushing when you need when you feel that urge. Mm-hmm. You're doing nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So we discussed syntocin and we said, she said like, I said, is it wrong if I do this? Because I think I was most afraid of intervention because of what I could feel post birth and what the mm-hmm. baby could feel post birth. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want because I still wanted that breastfeed and I wanted to mm-hmm. that go really well. So that's why I think I wasn't so for that at the start Mm, mm. I was like this was the point I needed I was like Mm. okay let's do it with tears in my eyes I was like Mm. let's let's have this baby and Adam was just like you you do what you feel you need to do babe like Mm -hmm. he was great and then so I by the time so they took a couple hours to do that I was I had to get dressed in the dressing gown and then you know and I was afraid, like, I was a little bit like, I hope all this me changing doesn't change my mind to, mm. like, make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then they hooked me up and then I was in a dressing gown, but I was like, also, can I still have a bath? Because I knew I wanted to give birth in the bath. Mm. And they said yes. And I had the um, heart rate monitor around my belly. Mm. And um, so it was about 4.30 in the afternoon. The drips actually started happening and they said, look, you could still be here for another six hours. Mm. And I was like, fuck, no, I'm not. 
shit. I was <laughs> like, I'm not going to be here for another six hours. This, I'm going to have this and it's going, baby's going to be here. Mm-hmm. And I was in the bath. The intensity was different again from what I was previously feeling. Mm. And they were closer together. It wasn't mm-hmm. just two strong contractions in within 10 minutes. It mm-hmm. was just like bang, bang, bang. And then at this point, Adam was in the bath with me. So oh, I, like, I love that. I was like excited because I was like, okay, it's going to happen. Because he wasn't in the bath with me previously. So yes. it was like another thing like, okay, it's, it's now. It's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was in front of me and I was just like going through the emotions and um, getting the urge to push. And, and Rosie was just saying like, you know, it's happening. Like feel down there, see if baby's crowning and – I felt down there. And, and you were pushing him during contractions at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I could feel his head. <gasps> I was like, oh, oh, my God. I cried to Adam. I was like, oh, my God, there's something there. Like, And I was just like, <laughs> there's a baby oh, in my vagina. Ba- yeah. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> <And then laughs> I, was just, I, was just, I was just so craving this feeling, craving this head coming out of me because <sighs> I had felt down there numerous times before that and nothing yeah. Nothing was there. I don't know what he was doing, but nothing was there. Yes. So then Rosie was just saying, like, look, just let your perineum stretch. Take yeah. this bit slow. You don't need to rush it. Yeah. It's like, my oh, God, I kind of want to rush it. Yeah. I just want this over. But <laughs> I was like, oh. and it's so really hard to relax your jaw once you really want to push. Yeah. I was moaning so loudly, like opening my jaw quite widely every time I felt that urge to push. Yeah. My jaw was so sore the next day, but it was, <laughs> God, it was like, yeah, it was intense. So Yeah. And then at this point I was pushing, I probably only was pushing about, I think my transition phase was probably about 30 minutes, that it was the quickest phase. Like, yes. Yeah. And what were the emotions and the experience during that phase? Like, thank God. Yes. Because like, thank God I'm having this baby vaginally because yeah. I, my fear was C-section. Like I wanted to immerse into this natural birth as much as I could. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm pushing, I'm pushing, and they're getting the mirror down there. So at this point I did have to like intense things were happening and I could feel him crown, so I had to turn around. Yeah. So I – So um, belly up. Yep, belly yeah. up in the bath. Adam was behind me. My feet were kind of wide, like pushing against the edges of the bath and – Oh, yeah, just grabbing hold of Adam and just pushing and, oh, my God, I felt that ring of fire. And I was like, oh. in my head, how long is this going to last? How long does this <laughs> ring of fire fucking last? And I was just like pushing, pushing, and I was like like moaning throughout the hole and Adam's eyes was just like, like, just, like he, he was lighting up like oh this whole gosh. entire time. It's like, baby's coming, we're having a baby. Oh, that gives me grace, baby. And, oh. and he was just like, Rosie described him like, like a kid on Christmas morning, like he was like, <laughs> he was just so excited. Like, and it's like, I'm glad you're having a good time. And, I'm just like and so I was on my back and like pushing, pushing. And I was like, oh, I can't, I, that feeling of intensity, I was just so craving. I was like, it's finally here. Oh my God. And there was another midwife that came at this point. And then they were like, Jum, like his head's here. Like his body isn't yet. His body should have come out by now. So then I was like, oh, fuck. And then they were like, okay, 
because I had no idea what that meant because the, the tone of their voices changed. So I was like, what does that mean? Like, what do I yeah. have to do? Like, is there instruments involved? What's this, what does yeah. this part of the birth mean? So they got me out of the bath. It was on all fours. Like, baby's head is out of me. Adam helped me to get up. This was all in the space of five minutes. I got on the um, table. Button was pressed. Next minute, I'm on my back. The whole hospital's in your, like, birthing room. Hectic. And... um. They said, okay, push. I think I gave one final push and they must have maneuvered him somehow. They didn't use any instruments and they pulled him out. And he was just covered, like, you know, in that yellow. The white stuff? Yeah, the vernix. Oh, yeah. Vernix. And just staring at me with his dark eyes. And I was oh. like, oh, my God, he's finally here. Adam's like trying to hold me on the bed and oh. and he was crying and I've never seen him cry in his life. Oh, and really? Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, my baby's here. And um, the cord looked beautiful. Yeah. And they were like um, about to cut the cord and Rose was like, oh, no, no, we, delayed cord. We just want this delayed. And they were like, oh, no, he's not breathing. And I was like, what the fuck? He's staring at me. Like, how is he? And I didn't understand that part. Anyway, right. they put him on my chest. They cut the cord. And they put, bring him. They took him over to the table, and as soon as he hit the table, he oh, was classic. He was yeah, crying mm. and making all this noise, and yeah. And then Adam, actually, he was then back on my chest for a little bit. Oh, and I just couldn't believe what I just did. Yeah, like it was so raw. I'm here lying in all this gunk. Yeah, blood everywhere. <laughs> all of, these people are all out. These people. Like, <laughs> Like, you're a uh, goddess. You're a uh, goddess. Yeah. I was like, yes, I know. And so raw because I was just in all the skunk and the ring of fire was still feeling it. And this baby was on my chest. And I was like, I can't believe what I just did. Unbelievable. And Adam was like, we just had a baby. I was like, I know. We just had a baby. This is incredible. And he was crying. I was crying. Aww. And he I just held him so tight on my chest. It was beautiful. Aww. It was, yeah, so beautiful. Oh, how amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. And, like, Aww. you don't even – and I think in a way – because I always wanted to know what birthing felt like and how my body – because I've always considered myself, like, I do look after myself quite well. I'm quite active. I just thought, like, I'm either going to be one of those one then ones that have quick, efficient birth, like maybe eight hours or so, mm. or I'm either going to be that one that has a long birth and because my body can withstand it. Mm. it like 24 hours, mm-hmm. I gave birth at 6 o'clock on Saturday night and was in the hospital 7.30 the previous night. Mm. So, yeah, I kind of take it as, like, my body's teaching me something here or, like, you know, but I had mm. no regrets of having that syntocin. No. Like it was – I only had about five mil of it, they said, and an hour and a oh, half. Oh, you only got to five. See, mm. that's what I mean when I talk about your body's receiving the induction well is that when sometimes like a lot of the time all you need is a little sniff of Sinto and it's enough to just kick your body into gear. Whereas when I, I believe if we're getting to like, you know, fucking 30, 35 mils an hour of Sinto mm. – and we're having these like kind of uncoordinated contractions that are random. Some are strong, some are not. Then they're all close together, but like kind of shitty and short. I, that's like the body's not responding well, but yours was responding really well to that. So that's all it needed to I give just, it that little oomph. I just couldn't believe that it worked. Mm. Like, because I didn't have a f- 
did I have a fear? I don't know if I had a fear of it because, again, I didn't want it to affect post-birth. Mm. But I definitely felt like, oh, my goodness, um, one hour, like an hour and a half, mm. had strong contractions and baby was there. Mm. Like, it was the perfect, perfect, like, decision. Amazing. Yeah, it was really Amazing. So then, yeah, I just reflect on, oh, you just have flashbacks for like days after that. And Adam and I would just comment to each other, like, what happened there? And, oh, babe, you just, like, he was just, it changed him. So, yeah, it was so incredible. What a legend. Mm. What a legend. I'm intrigued on how, how did you feel with the monitoring on your belly with the straps? How was that for you? At one point, they did offer to, because I knew it was going to be tricky I for them to continually get this heartbeat. Mm. And then it was so annoying because every time it didn't, like, you know, the beep, beep, beep. And I was like, oh. <sighs> but I always knew baby's okay. Mm. I just mm-hmm. told myself, baby's fine. Mm-hmm. And it was, my midwife was really great. She just mute it at some yes. points. But when I was in the bath, that got tricky. Totally. And they did, she did offer at one point to get the screw in his head. Mm. But they don't say that. What it, a fetal scalp electrode, yeah, a yeah, little okay. clip. Yeah, the clip. And yeah. I was like, is that the screw? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, no. Yeah. I don't want that. Not Good on you for just being aware. Not that that's a right or wrong decision, yeah. but just knowing what it is and then being able to stick you to what you want. To, it was really tough, actually. That was probably the toughest part of my birth prep was like, I didn't want to dive into every single thing. I didn't want to dive into the process of a C-section. I didn't want yeah. to dive into the process of getting that mm. um, monitoring done. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to also build more fear. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I just said because whatever happens, if it's the safety of the baby in the birthing suite, mm. like. But because I was aware of what it was, mm-hmm. and it was totally fine that I didn't get it done. Mm. It was just because they were losing that. Like mm-hmm. it kept on flipping over the monitor, so mm-hmm. they didn't. Yeah, they kind of lost it from time to time. But I said mm. yeah, no to to that monitoring on his head. So was it annoying them constantly coming over to yeah. refine that heart rate? Yeah, yeah. it was annoying. Yeah. So I'm glad, like, an hour and a half of it. Yeah. Baby was there. Yeah, so true. Yeah. As you could imagine, that would get annoying over, like, 10 hours and you can kind of see why, you know, mamas would either get over it or be like, fuck it, let's just have the Caesar or whatever when you've just got that, like, you're constantly not in the zone. You're Mm. constantly being pulled out of the zone. And, like, I appreciate where the midwives are coming from and, you know, the monitoring's there for a reason. So why would we have it on if it's just literally not on a heart rate? But it's just a – it's a – Tricky intervention that to is. use, and hey? the, the noise in the background. Yes. So, yeah. Because you're conscious of what things can hinder your relaxation. 100%. Because that's what I was all about in your yoga and like yeah. those positions was like relaxing because I had never done much. I've done yoga before, mm. but I had never committed to it as much as I did for my birth prep. Yes. I'll go to a gym, do an hour session, love it. Yeah. But it's not relaxation and it's yeah. not – like getting your mind and your breathing yeah, to the point where you can relax. So, yeah. Yeah. Breathing was my godsend too throughout that labor. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Really, really like, especially when I was doing pregnancy yoga, I would always think about, because there was like three types of breathing that we learned in our hypnobirthing, but mm. just counting like um, eight, doing like eight exhale and yeah. yeah long inhales and yeah that really helped me through the the whole process of labor 
Absolutely. And when the breathing becomes automatic, mm. so it much was easier. so automatic. Yes. I didn't have to think. I didn't have to count, actually. Yeah. I just knew I was, I was taking long, deep breaths. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that. So then you're cuddling babes. Everything's fine with him now. He's breathing fine. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? Did you breastfeed on the table or how did that go down? So if anything I had to revisit, and this was like with reflection with my doulas, well, would be if I could change anything, it probably would be um, how I – handled post-birth so then placenta was a big not a big concern but I just wanted to get my placenta out Mm. because I was like there was like throughout my pregnancy I did have iron deficiencies and I did end up having to get an iron infusion at like week Mm. 35 Mm. and again that's something else I would have done differently maintaining my iron levels like Mm. the synthetic iron wasn't working for me so I would revisit that and do that differently throughout my next pregnancy. But mm. then, so I knew that because my iron could have possibly been, have been low mm. um, post-birth, I knew that kind of this was the most crucial point of getting my placenta out and not hemorrhaging. Mm. And at that point, um, I stood up off the bed after, so baby was given to dad and I wasn't, I don't know why I wasn't. I think I might have just wanted the placenta out before I breastfed. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. know if that happens before or like. Either or, really. Yeah, kind yeah. of whatever you prefer. I think I just wanted everything done so I could just relax with my baby. Yeah. So I was kind of like on the train of like, yeah, let's get this out. So yeah, yeah. I tried like even trying to use gravity to get it out and nothing was working. And then mm. so I ended up getting the shot to get it um to move things along Mm. and then they ended up pulling it which I really did not like Mm. and that was an unpleasant feeling Mm. and like putting their hand in the belly and then kind of yeah yeah and I just I just kept on saying because just after you give birth you just want nothing down there to be touched yeah nothing you just want it to be left alone it's just done the workout of its life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I had the shot and then she was tugging and it still wasn't coming out Mm. and I was like What's the point of me getting the shot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is for, for this to avoid from happening. Mm. Anyway, they asked if I needed to pee and I was like, I can't feel a thing down there. I have mm. no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was conscious of it during mm. labor. I think I did. I mm. mean, I was always going to the – sitting on the toilet. Mm. But I ended up getting a catheter and it was funny because everything that they mentioned to offer to me, I was like, does it hurt? Like I was just like concerned about like, do I, will I feel more – like I just couldn't handle anything else down there. Yeah. So I ended up getting a catheter in. Didn't could I know what that feels like now? So I'm not afraid of that next time. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Go. It's not that bad, is no, it? No, it's not. Not that I've had one, but it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. Did much urine come out? Three, about 300 mils. They oh, said, that's enough to yeah to hinder it. So uh, yeah. then next, so I think what was yeah definitely hindering was my bladder was too full for my mm. placenta to come out. Mm-hmm. And was my bladder too full for baby to come out too? Like it made oh, me wonder that. Interesting. It made me wonder, but. My baby came out with Sintocin, so yeah. maybe it wasn't, you know? Yeah. So, but I definitely think that was the reason why my placenta didn't come out mm. straight away. So, that was two hours it took. So, mm-hmm. it was two hours for the placenta? Yeah. That's a long us. time. And I mean, like, it didn't feel that long in my head. Yeah. But that's two hours with Adam holding baby. I didn't have baby that whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, wow. I was up, like, I was up leaning back on the, on my, like, knees mm. on the back of the hospital bed. Mm-hmm trying to get it out with gravity and mm. and then them tugging at it and then like because I couldn't relax mm. with my baby while that no, was all happening definitely 
So two hours, but Adam talks about that two hours now, and he said that's that's what connected him and Bobby. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah, he said that I've had a connection with this Bob since the get-go. Like, Yeah, so after that two hours, I had baby for a little bit. I think I did try to breastfeed because then they took a while. I did tear. They Oh, no. It was the examination to check if I did tear, and that was, oh, yeah, that was no good. (sighs) Labor and birth, great. Post-birth. I know what to prepare for now. Right. And I think being a new mum, you don't really want to know. I yes. don't think I really wanted to know. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. So the vaginal. It's, it's kind of like sometimes like what's the benefit of it? Yeah. Because yeah. like I, I contemplate, you know, do I teach this stuff in my birth workshop? Sometimes it's like what what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? I mean, I just did. And plus you just birth. So then you think the toughest thing is like, so whatever happens after it, you just like <gasps> – doesn't matter because it's mm-hmm. just, you know, your baby's healthy and safe. Yeah. And um, it's quite invasive. And yeah. Rosie actually did give me the heads up that said, like, look, it's a bit invasive, them checking for your tears. And, mm. and it is. It's them, like, searching in there. And, oh. and they had the gas on for me at this point because I yeah, definitely good. needed it. And they're like, good. and they were preparing me for it too. So yeah. I think that worked out how I needed to. Yeah. And then did say I had a second degree tear mm. and they're going to get someone to come in and like stitch up and mm. all that jazz. But that was the most uncomfortable. That was worse than birth. Wow. For me. Yeah. Wow. It Especially was, a two hour long, like after two hours of fucking around with, with the, the placenta. Sun. Like that's a really long time. Yeah. You know, like majority would probably have it within the first half an hour. So it, I imagine the searching for the tear would have felt different if yours had only been like half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. And then... Again, waiting for probably another hour until this, till that um, person came in to stitch, stitch me up. And again, she's searching, mm. and then they had the gas on me, and they said the next step is okay. Look, we're going to give you a local anesthetic, mm. so it numbs down here. Mm. So you won't feel it because I was very conscious and I wanted to know how it was going to feel, and I was like, is it mm. painful? Like I needed to know mm. where the pain was sitting at because I just, I just. Ugh. I just didn't want anything down there. Mm-hmm, and then so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I knew I had to get this done. So I didn't have this baby for this whole time. And then they gave me the local anesthetic and the needle. I was just like gripping on the sides of the bed. I mm. was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is painful. Yeah. And they gave me, yeah, a few needles down there and then did the stitching, oh. which just felt the tugging. Like they said, mm. great, good gas. Yes. <laughs> Biting on the gas mask, like. And then I just baby was there with dad, all good. Mm. And um, it's hilarious because after Adam was like, because he watched the whole thing because he was sitting on the couch behind. Oh wow! And watching the whole. So he's person. not weirded out by that sort of no. stuff. And he was like, "Babe, it's not even bad down there." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Two legs." Your vagina's still hot. Yeah, it's fine. Like, You're good. You're good. <laughs> Well, I imagine like men, you know, maybe if he thought about it, he was just imagining like, you know, this big gaping hole or something like that, just fucking thinking like worst case scenario. And then when he's seen it, he's like, actually, it's not that bad. Not not that different from normal. It was, it actually was reassuring, but also like, you're an idiot. Like... (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's oh, funny. Oh, so funny. And because men, they don't talk about 
that stuff as much. So, no. like, I'm sure his friends hasn't, have probably not talked about yes. it. So, he's just thinking a human's coming out of there soon. Yeah. Like, it's going to be very different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, so I got stitched. It was – that phase was over and then that's when I could f- relax and have my first breastfeed. And mm. he was a sleepy little bub. Yeah. I didn't want – like, I had a midwife kind of pushing him against my chest again – I knew my head because I did this breastfeeding course too when I was pregnant. So I was mm. like, you know, you bre- pushing, forcing Bubby with his head to the breast, like mm. is not – you can say no to that. And mm-hmm. I was thinking this in my head while watching her force his head mm. to my breast. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable. You should say something, say something. Yeah. And I was like, can I Can I just do it? And she's like, oh, yeah. So she stepped back. But Good she was you. still over my shoulder. So I think I would have more of the confidence next time to be like, let me just take this – Mm-hmm. Let me do it all on my own from mm-hmm. the start. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just a sleepy little bub. I can't remember him breastfeeding much at all. I think he was on my boob. Was he sucking? I'm not sure. Mm. I was just in a f- daze at this point. Because mm. so you'd been awake for a long time, although you had those little naps, but they're yeah. just like tiny little micro naps. Yeah, yeah, like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I probably would have had three, maybe three hours of yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throughout yeah. the whole 24 hours. Yeah. And then – um. Yeah, and then I just stood up for the first time after having this breastfeed, gave baby back to dad. Um, and then I just stood up and thought, oh, yeah, like, can't believe what I've just done. Like, yeah. How incredible. And there's blood and, like, black gunk on the floor. And I'm yes. just like, oh, my God, like, this is so raw. Like, yes. What? Yeah, incredible. And I'm walking to the bathroom, well, like, they got me the chair actually, so I walked to the chair and then they wheeled me in the shower and I just had the best shower of my life. Oh, it was, yes. And then my midwife is just like laying out my like pads and my underwear and my like pajamas and I just felt so uh, looked after and yeah. Oh. And then that high that you get after the birth, like for me, and then walking to the maternity ward, like it was just like wow like it was such a high that whole time oh my gosh amazing and you you're never ever going to experience anything like that no unless you give birth again but giving birth for the first time yeah so sacred and so special oh Oh, little teo little little teo what a legend he was like He's the most chill baby. So, so chill. It's like kind of funny that he came out so chill. Think like everyone thought he wasn't breathing. Yes. I think that's just his character. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a chill baby, man. Like, like he was just staring at me and I kind of knew he was okay. And then yes. like, got the claw, he's not breathing, blah, blah, blah. Of course, respect, like they need to have an intervention because of course, you know, if baby went the other way. But I just think... He's just a chill bub. Yeah. <laughs> I can fold you all. Like, <laughs> He's like, guys, get that shit yeah, off my like face. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fucking fine. <laughs> Look at me looking at my mama. I know. I know. Just, I'm just glad to finally be here. <laughs> yeah. Hello. But I just relive that and think too, every time they measured his heartbeat, he was chill. He was Amazing. perfect the whole time. Oh. Isn't that so amazing? Yeah, created my own story that way and I just loved it. And I love telling my best girlfriends about it too because one of my best friends was just like, I 
can't believe you did that without any epidural, like without any pain medication. Yes. You are amazing. And I just thought it was so nice to hear all that. Like yeah. I was just like, I felt incredible. So. I am amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's just the most powerful thing, hey. And then I just, because my friend who said that had um, given birth, um, two years, about two years ago, and her birth story mm-hmm. is a little different to mine. She was like all for the epidural, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was just so funny. Like it was, yeah, she was just like, "You are incredible," and it was just so nice to hear. Like, yeah, my best friends just like in my corner and just yes, absolutely. Like, oh, like they wouldn't say like, oh, twenty four hours. They'd be yes. like, oh my god, you did that for twenty four hours. Yes, God, you're amazing. <laughs> That's it, and it's like. You are amazing for your own experience without the need for me to compare to my experience and, you know, make it like a a competition almost, which is so common. Um, I think especially amongst women, to be honest, Mm. um, where, yeah, it's like a woman can't have a good experience without yours being bad. Yeah. You know, she can't be beautiful without you being more ugly. Like. Yeah, it's yeah. always this comparison. So that's really like great friends to yes. see it that way. And then after me going through that, I just had such a sense of like, can't believe you've done that. Yes. Like she was one of my best friends that had given birth out of our circle. And I was just like, I can't believe you've been through that. I can't believe you've been a mum for two years. Like, yes, she's incredible. And like now I've just got such a deep empathy for any mama now. Yes. Like, which I kind of did have before giving birth, but not to the extent that I do now. Valid. Yeah. Valid, valid. Mm. So how's your postpartum been? Tell us about that story. Because you're fully um, breastfeeding, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Um, postpartum, two days postpartum, I was like, I can't believe, still like in an unbelievable state, like what I've, you know, experienced, but mm. my body felt great. I'm just like tender down there would be mm. the best word to describe it. Had this beautiful baby in my arms. Yeah. Like we made a little camp out in our lounge room. I was like, this is going to be the most sacred space because I've just had a baby and, you know, like we had it set up so beautifully, so comfortably. Like it was just like a little camp out. Oh. And this baby was only contact napping. And, yes. And, yeah, so my, my dirty postpartum I felt my body bounced back so much. Like I just, I thought I would be incapable of moving. I thought in my head, I thought, Oh, Jam, you're not going to be able to get up. You're not going to be able to move for weeks, like two weeks. You're going to be able, you're going to be so, but I think I was picturing this pretty, like a worse. I don't know how I was picturing postpartum, but I was picturing it quite like poorly, like Mm. that I wouldn't be able to move. But as I went through it, I was like, wow, like my body felt great. Amazing. And um, because I think you sent me a photo of you guys going for a beach walk, like might have been two days postpartum. Two days postpartum. Yeah. For a beach walk. And then the third day, we went for just a little walk to the bottle. Get their mugs back. Yeah. And like, but it was me just like walking so slowly, like, because I was so tender still. I was like, and. And then this three-day-old baby in the pram and yes. our neighbours. So our neighbours could knew us, obviously saw me days before heavily pregnant and he was like, <laughs> he was like outside the window because he was driving past us. And he was like, guys, this is the best time of your lives. Oh, <laughs> And we were just like, and here's me, like Adam's a few paces ahead because I couldn't keep up. It was just so <laughs> funny. 
I love that yeah. they're sharing that rather than yeah. like, oh, you're in the thick of it. Like, this yes. is shit. Like, yeah. yeah it's just say? like, this is, the best, this is the best time of your life. Like, oh, my god, it was That's the stuff you want to hear. Absolutely. I had comments when I was pregnant and people would say to me, are you ready for your life to be turned upside down? Oh, fuck like, off. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why would you say that to why? a pregnant? Are you? I wanted to say, like, are you, like, mentally just... Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you have any sort of social yeah, awareness? Exactly. Yeah. And because um, that was another fear of mine. Another fear of me, like, seeing um, mamas just not enjoying their lives anymore. Mm-hmm. And not with anyone particularly close with me. It was just, like, outside, like... Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, no, this again, motherhood's my story. So yes. I'm going to make motherhood... And it has, okay, I've only been a mum for three months, <laughs> but I have made it to suit me. Absolutely. And I have absolutely loved that. So Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, um, after that walk to the bottle, like, I was out and about. And I think I'm also not like, oh, yeah, it was, you know, beautiful heaven. Like, I had its challenges too. Yeah. Um, breastfeeding was tough. Yeah. I left the hospital because we were in the hospital for about 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I left the hospital before he could attach mm. um, properly on the breast. And they're like, oh, you know, he's not attaching. You should stay, lo- you should stay longer. But mm. I wanted to leave and get to know my baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, I'm not going to do anything differently here than I would at home. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. so it was craving that time to be at home with my baby, to get to know my baby. Mm. And, um, yeah, breastfeeding for us was tough. So we went down the route of, like, I even went down the route of Cairo because mm. of his shoulder because his shoulder got stuck. That's why Absolutely. He, um that's why his body had to be pulled out and yeah so went down that route lactation consultant Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day after I did all these things like and it was probably my best friend like my mum is around me that said look give yourself six weeks and I kept saying that give myself six weeks Mm -hmm. it's a new skill that you're learning the baby's learning you know because it was just really painful at the breast when he was breastfeeding Mm. and um I kind of just felt though I had spent all this money on specialists, which I felt that I needed. Mm. But at the end of the day, it was really me that got me through it because mm-hmm. all fair, like you pay lactation consultant to come and they have one good breastfeed with you. Mm. That wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part was for me the rest of the week mm. being pain in pain and no one there beside me to support mm-hmm. me. And that mm-hmm. was the hardest part. So my mother-in-law was actually really great during this because she was a nursing mom at one point so she it was just all the emotional help that I needed just like oh, you had a great breastfeed there awesome okay yeah if it gets sore on one breast go to the next it was just simple yeah. things like that I was like ah, yeah. oh, I can do that yeah it's painful stop don't push yourself through it you know yeah introduce the bottle at two weeks <laughs> yes right oh so you introduced God. bottle two weeks with EBM didn't you yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so good and, yeah. and a pump you were pumping yep. pumping Yep. So good. I mean, I had a hen's party on the third week postpartum, so. Yeah, that's right. A <laughs> <laughs> mama got stuff to do. Um, <laughs> you're bottle drained. <laughs> and he was just like, that's cool, mom. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, and I was here for it. Again, blessed with a beautiful bub that could take the bottle and breast because that was a fear yes. too. Like, oh my goodness, I don't want to inter- – Adam was all for the bottle too because yeah. he felt so useless like – supporting me at some points because mm. like I don't have what he needs mm. biggest game changer mm. bottle like, I love that 
And like I love some that. mamas want to exclusively breastfeed, like go for it. Yeah, that's your journey. Hats off to you because I don't know how you can have a social mm-hmm. life. Like for me mm-hmm. personally, I made it suit me and bottle suited me. Mm-hmm. But like exclusively breastfeeding mamas, oh my goodness, you're amazing. Like, mm. I don't mm. know. Yeah. And as you say, uh, like you create your story and a big part of your story as a human you love being social. You love being able to come to yoga by yourself sometimes. You yeah. love, you know, being able to go to the gym and doing your friend things. And you love to have some time away from baby, which is awesome. Yeah. And for that, bottle feeding works well for you. Oh. You know? It's allowed me to dissolve those fears that had built in my yes. mind from watching all other mamas. That you, like, lose your life yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. if anything, like, you know, I told you about that winery I booked for the weekend. Yes. I can't wait to bring my puppy. Like, Absolutely. I want to snuggle him by the fire. I want to drink that wine. I want to bottle feed him. Like, Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just incredibly, like, just blessed, but also can't do it with all the support, like Adam's support. My mum being around. Yeah. Just all my good friends that just check in on me. I have this one beautiful friend that, um, especially during those weeks where I didn't have Adam Works Away, where I didn't have him or anyone else around me, she came over for an hour and looked after Bubby when I went to the gym. Like, oh. And I I knew, I envisioned that. I envisioned yeah. having these beautiful people around me that could just do me that one thing that would just yes. that's all the gift that I wanted yes and she loves it as much as me so like Aww. me leaving Bubby with her so people want to be able to help yes they feel great and I think that's the toughest thing the toughest thing for me watching my postpartum mamas is like how do I help because yes. I want to help but I have no I had no idea how to yeah so I was always waiting for on the back foot for them to reach out to me yes and um, so I took that into mind and I kind of told people what I wanted postpartum. I was Good. like, babe, I just need you here for an hour, please. Or can you come and sleep over for one night when yes. I'm here? Yes. And I told my dad, I was like, dad, I'm just going to need to stay here on weekends when I feel like and my stepmom would hold baby while I had a shower. Your dad and your stepmom have been so amazing by mm. the sounds of it as well from when you've come to classes. So like, I couldn't be in the spot I am with my motherhood journey like without that support. So 100% amazing. that's made it easier for me. Yeah. But yeah, I and but I always feel like the more I look after myself, mm-hmm. the better I'm going to be for my baby. The Absolutely. better I'm going to be with Adam, and it's and it's something that because we had to write down our fears before motherhood, and our fear was that like we'll be so sleep deprived, we'd mm. fight all the time, mm. just snap at one another, and mm-hmm. and I didn't want that, and we had to tell each other to like it's not like who's been up later than the other person. Mm. It's not like oh, but I did this and I did. This. Yes. It's about we did this for each other. We're doing this together. Yes. If I'm too tired, I'll be like, babe, I'm really tired. Can, yeah. Can you take Bobby? Like, yes. Not saying, look, I've done the whole night feeds and yes, and you know, like you've you got a full night's rest. Like, what are you doing? Ah, uh, it's just so with the intent. Hey, it's like mm. you're asking for help rather than being like, you know, step up, princess. Like that sort of approach. Yeah. It's just not healthy yeah. for anyone. No. No. So yeah, that yeah, that was just something I wanted to instill in me, yeah, before mm. before we hit that mark and yeah, something that we'll probably still go through, you know. Mm. It's gonna be the our whole lives now. So mm. yeah, um my postpartum I've just felt incredible. And then being in your world of like mums and bubs, I feel like that's like 
given me like a structural routine in yes. my days. So yes. like, and it feels like I'm doing it for me and Bubby. Yeah, it's weird. Like it's like because he ain't working out, but yeah. he's there. Like, and I'm there with other mummies and bubs, and it's just. Yeah, I've loved having that. That's been a big part of my postpartum journey. So cool. Connecting and just but it's connecting then also doing exercise that I've that I've wanted to do all throughout like yeah, my postpartum journey. So Amazing. Yeah, and having the confidence again, I think I remember telling you being that first time mum being confident, taking baby out with me. And, yes. And, you know, loading the pram up. And mm-hmm. what is he going to be like for this hour and a half if I need a breastfeed? And I mm-hmm. remember that first session being really tough. Mm. And I said to you, I ain't bringing him again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do I remember that, which is so funny because yeah. he's been so chill ever since. Yeah. And I was just like, I ain't doing this again, Amy. Yes. And I had to go through that. Yes. I had to. Like, you know. And, like, get through the end of it and you're like, that was actually not too bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah, he cried. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, if a baby – like, it's not if a baby cries, you're oh, what's wrong with your baby? It's just like babies – that's what babies do. That is what babies do. There's nothing wrong with you being a mum and your baby's crying. No. You probably just distressed because, like, you're trying to – you want to, um, like, solve your baby's needs. Like, you yeah. want to be able to look after him as best you can. So – yeah, you, you go through that, oh, like, what am I doing wrong? But maybe. Mm. Yeah. Like, they probably don't know either. Exactly. And a lot of the time it's nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or sometimes if it's, like, tummy pains that you can't fix and, like, you know, you're just going to cuddle them and they're just going to cry and that's just how it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's been a big part and, oh, just still experiencing new mama things. But every time now that, like – that I know that a new mum's going through these emotions. Like, I was so proud of myself. Like, oh, I just took myself for a coffee date with my baby. Uh, oh, I just went for a walk with my baby in the pram and he cried once. Like, oh, yes. I just did a grocery shop with my baby. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's just empowering every time after you do something like that as a yeah. new mum because you're like, holy shit, I'm doing it. Fuck I'm, yeah. I'm Look at me it. go. I'm yeah. a mum. <laughs> and I think we were talking about this the other day where – um. And this is something that, yeah, I definitely have some limiting beliefs about motherhood means I have to give up everything else that I've got, um, especially with natural birth code. That's like a bit of a fear. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love this journey that you've gone through where you do ask for help when you need it. You don't hesitate in leaving your babe with someone and it's so funny how, yeah, I think it was this specific winery thing. And for peeps on the podcast, John was just talking about, was it for your birthday? Yeah. 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 You wanted to go to this um, winery event where you yeah. have like a picnic thing and um, and then you stay the night yeah. Um, yeah. at the winery. And I was like, oh, are you going to take babe? And you're like, yeah. You're like, I was thinking about it, but... I actually really want to take baby. Like I'd prefer to take my baby. And I was almost like in myself, I was almost shocked. I was like, why would you want to take your baby? Like in my head thinking, aren't they annoying? But then, no, like we were like, isn't it funny how it's like you've kind of come to this real, like not you, but I guess just in general, this perceived idea that it's like, I actually love being a mom. I actually want my baby to be there. I really want them there rather than I feel if you're with them all the time and you never – you know, leave them alone then, or like with someone else, then you're kind of always like, I better take you babe. Need, yeah, you need to like – or you feel like you're just escaping them. Yes. Like 
I do know though, I can feel when I'm away from my babe for an hour, like mm. gym or run errands and mm. he's been with um, dad, it gives them beautiful bonding time, which I yes. love. But I come back and I want to be, I feel like 100%. I feel like I've yes. got more energy and love to give this to this baby because I've re-energized. Absolutely. Doing things that I've needed to do. Yes. And I just feel like, because that was a fear of mine, me not looking after myself. Mm. And yes, probably looking after myself takes a little bit longer now because I'm doing it while I'm breastfeeding every like mm-hmm. three hours. And, you know, and if I'm planning to go away, I've got a pump and that's going to mm. take time. And like, mm-hmm. but you just got to know that you can do everything you want to do. It just takes more time. Yes. Like you just, just got to prioritize it. Yeah. 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 I just love that. I feel like your journey has been really paramount in me being like, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Like you can do motherhood on your own terms. Oh my God, yes. So cool. And I've watched some mamas around me like made it go, made motherhood suit them. Yes. And been like, like formula feeding suited yeah. them. Yeah. You know, um, one of my friends, her milk didn't come into the sixth day. Wow. So she had a formula feed, but you know what? She accepted that. She got on with it. Yeah. And she's just like loving – she's made motherhood suit her so well. Like, Amazing. Yeah. And so she doesn't um, – so, yeah, if she wants to have a drink or like yeah. she'll formula feed or just pump earlier. Or, yeah. You know, there's so many different ways you can do it. So many. You're and just, for some mamas, it's like sending babe to daycare at like five months or something and getting back to work because that's what works for them. And then some mamas, it's – you know, no daycare at all yeah. and that's what works for them and that's yeah. great. And I just want to disclaim that I'm definitely not saying if you haven't been apart from your baby, then it's like out of a fear or anything like yeah. that. That's definitely some people's style and that's awesome. Yeah. But it just doesn't have to be like that yeah. and you don't have to not leave your baby with someone else from a place yeah. of guilt. Oh, because I so get that like if you're nervous to leave baby with somebody else, Oh, well, that's not you then. Stay with your baby. Yes. Like, you know, or if that's something you really want to do and you want to leave, like, yeah, do it for just train yourself. Mm-hmm. Do it for t- 15 minutes and mm-hmm. the next time could be longer. Like, it's like yes. anything. Like, yeah. just approach motherhood like how you would with anything, like, in life kind of, like, training yeah. yourself to be – because this is for your life now. Yes. And there's going to be phases because I know it's going to change for me, like – yeah, I'm only three months down the track and I know it's, he's going to change at six, one year when he's a toddler. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to take the same approach. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And ask for help when I need it. Yes. Mm. That is huge, hey. Mm. That is just huge, asking for help. That's something so many mamas struggle with. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, as I said, like, nothing wrong with you not leaving your baby, nothing wrong with you, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to – Breastfeed and mm-hmm. bottle feed, like mm-hmm. it, whichever way suits you is the best way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just make like it the, you. Just like your birth. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I just think always think of the intent. Like, is this coming from a place of guilt or fear, or um, or is it coming from a place of love and joy? Like, mm. yeah. What's yeah. the intent behind it? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Ah, oh, so freaking good to have you on, John. Love your perspective. Love everything you've got oh, to say. Thanks for having me. My absolute <laughs> pleasure. So now for our value-based decision-making segment of the podcast that I endeavor to do after every single podcast 
It's interesting. It's been a bit of a heavy week for me here at Natural Birth Co. We're at the end of June when I'm recording this and so many of my mamas are just going through this phase where they are obviously coming to us because they want a natural birth experience and there's all these little bits and pieces that are coming up throughout their pregnancy that they have absolutely no control over and it's very much impeding one, their birth preferences that they wanted, and two, whether or not they will be able to actually get that natural birth. So I just wanted to talk about these situations and kind of what I've said to them. Um, So as a couple of examples, one of our mamas, and it's actually the same mama that I discussed in the last value-based decision-making segment, where she was going for a VBAC, her second babe, um, first babe, you know, labored for ages and um, labor never never f- progressed. Um, her babes had gotten all sorts of positions and um, she ended up in an emergency Caesar. So this uh, birth, she was endeavoring for a VBAC. Now, there's been a couple of things that have popped up towards the end of her pregnancy that are just kind of making her feel really unsure and unsteady and she was experiencing rightfully so a lot of indecision during this time so both um babes was big on the scan so I think it was 96 centile or something like that which um you know, comes with its own risks. It is considered a variation of normal, but it definitely plays on a mama's mind who has tried to birth before and has had to have a cesarean section when you're endeavoring in this VBAC and then you get told you've got a big baby. That's a massive play on your mind and the whole mental game when it comes to birth. And as all of our mamas know, I always say birth is more of a mental game than a physical game. So our mind being really calm and ready and prepped for birth is so essential when embarking on not only any birth, but especially a VBAC. So since then, um, this mama has also experienced um, a condition called polyhydramnios, which is where you have too much water. So you have um, the amount of fluid, the amniotic fluid that's surrounding baby in the sac is excessive to what is considered normal range. So this posed other risks. So as a bit of an example, what the risks are with this is that if you have excess fluid, it's thought thought that the cord is just floating around everywhere. So that when your waters break, whether it be naturally or um, with us doing an amniotomy, so us manually breaking the waters, there is a risk of what we call a cord prolapse. So with the big gush of waters coming out, there's a risk that the cord will flood out with the waters and actually come external to the cervix. Now, that cord prolapse is super dangerous in itself, and that is um, a Cat 1 emergency cesarean section. So um, in that example, you would rush down to a cesarean section very, very quickly if that was to happen. Now, um, the risks are increased with polyhydramnios for that situation to happen. And this poor mama was, you know, endeavoring on whether or not to get an induction, um, considering a few different factors. And if that was the case, what to do with the waters breaking, how that would look like. And she was just really kind of unsure about everything with all of these different factors that were just so different from what she imagined. And again, I completely appreciate where she's coming from. So 
an interesting conversation that I had with her in regards to value-based decision-making because I feel like she was quite lost in what decisions to make and was very much not trusting herself in making the right decision. And I just kind of brought back to her like, look, I know that your priorities are safe mom and safe bub. Second to that, very close second is these birth desires. So as you go endeavoring to make these decisions, which I can't make for her, the doctors can't make for her, she has to make these value-based decisions to have an empowered and confident birth experience that is within her control as much as she can. We really need to consider the risks and benefits of the polyhydramnios, the big baby, the fact that she's got in the back of her mind, um, this poor outcome that had with her friend. And really make a decision from your own space and your own values with all of this in mind. We need to hold no ego to this vaginal birth. At the end of the day, with these risk factors, if you feel unsafe in this, absolutely go for the cesarean section. There is absolutely nothing wrong with cesarean section and these medical interventions aren't bad. They are just perfect when and where necessary. Now, yes, these interventions are used in excess 100%, which is why these value-based decision-making is so important. And I feel like throughout you know, the birth culture, with unfortunately these interventions being used in excess, it has created such a divide between medical and natural. It has created such a divide in, you know, mamas feeling like they're always on guard and, um, you know, like any intervention, they don't know whether it's, you know, they're actually necessary or whether it's just this, you know, really unnecessarily, uh, sorry, really unnecessary risk adverse approach from the healthcare practitioner. And it's created this kind of sensation of any interventions bad. And I just want to reassure everyone that intervention is amazing. Intervention saves babies and it saves mamas and it allows us all to come out of birth in better condition at times. It is just really important for you as your own individual self, which I know is a massive responsibility and really hard, but it's really important for you as your individual self to be able to make the call whether this is a necessary intervention for you or not. It's not that it's good nor bad. It's not that we need to run away from these interventions. We need to really seriously consider each intervention at each stage of pregnancy and um, your labor experience as well. So that's, I just feel like that really, and I don't know if this mom necessarily needed that of me, um, but I just feel like there's this culture out there that it's like, you know, you're going aiming for this feedback you feel like you've got to stay staunch to that and you feel like you've got to stay, you know, really kind of heartfelt towards that. But if things change in pregnancy or birth, we need to be adaptable. We need to reassess, 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 reevaluate our value-based decision-making process to figure out, okay, is this actually that important to me or is it not with these risk factors? And either way is okay. Neither's right nor wrong. Exactly what I said to this mama, like, you know, I can't make that decision for you because I've got my values, you've got yours. But it is really important to not just kind of shun the potential medical intervention that may very well be a very good idea for you. And again, I don't necessarily think that 
she needed to choose the cesarean section with those three factors that were going on for her at the time. But it's just important to keep an open mind to it. Um, Another thing that's been happening this week is um, this beautiful mama who's coming with us for her second babe. She um, had an amazing first birth experience, completely natural, completely normal, absolutely zero intervention at all. Now, for some unknown reason that I don't know, she doesn't know, nobody knows why, this current baby has decided to be breech and it's decided to be breech for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. She's now 36 weeks when I spoke to her the other day and she's doing our body balancing religiously. She's going to chiropractor twice a week religiously. She is doing absolutely everything in her power and baby is remaining breech. And obviously she was so set on a natural birth, which is completely fair call. And something that I just, I had a conversation with this mama about, which to be fair, she already knew and she was already doing. And I just feel like getting the reiteration um, from us is helpful that that is out of our control. Whatever position baby chooses to go into is so far out of our control And, you know, you're doing all the things, you're getting rid of the imbalances, you're getting all your chiropractic goodness, which is so beyond me, chiropractors have such a massive role, Um, to get everything in shape. She's doing the acupuncture, acupressure, all that stuff. And babes is deciding to stay in this bridge position thus far. And something that I really reassured her of is that, you know, there's nothing more that we can do. There comes this point that we have to surrender and let it go. We have to accept, okay, this is the position that baby has decided to be in for whatever reason that is beyond our understanding because we know very little in regards to pregnancy and birth in general in the world of science and research and all that sort of stuff is that there comes a point that we have to surrender. And this comes down to what we talk about heaps here at Natural Birth Co is that we control what we can And we have deep surrender and acceptance to what we cannot control. What we can control is our birth prep and what we can control is our decision-making process. The rest of it, we have absolutely zero control over. So when we we know we've done everything that we can, we have to have that ultra surrender. And that can still come with disappointment. That's okay. That can still come with grief towards you not getting this birth desire that you wanted. That's okay. Let all the feelings be there. But we need to not be kind of like, why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And have this kind of frantic energy about us. It it needs to come with that complete surrender and definitely not that toxic positivity side of things. As I said, feel the feels and it's okay to grieve that birth that you wanted. And this woman, she's still pregnant. She could very much, you know, have babe flip and still have her natural birth. But at this point in time, we need to accept and surrender to what we cannot control, which again is so hard. And I have so much empathy for these mamas doing everything that they can. And, you know, if for some reason the outcome isn't happening for them, and it's just one of the hardest lessons to learn. And I feel like pregnancy and birth, you know, your baby is the most important thing for to you. That pregnancy and birth is just the ultimate way to surrender. Like obviously I have these, you know, different experiences in life that things don't go my way no matter how hard I try. And that's like one level of that full surrender and acceptance. But when it comes to your baby and your birth, that is just 
full next level of surrender and acceptance to what is. And um, yeah, that was just another epic story that I wanted to share. And one more amazing, amazing mama story that has popped up this week. Again, it's been a heavy week for our NBC mamas. There's just been lots of these unforeseeable things happening that are, you know, um, affecting our birth experience that we have zero control over. So it's been heavy. And um, yeah, this other mama, I think she's maybe early 30s week, um, maybe 32-ish weeks of pregnancy and randomly has discovered this cardiac condition that she may or may not have. And they're doing all these echoes and um, they're having all these meetings with these cardiologists, etc., in Brisbane. And she's kind of very much up in the air with, does she have this condition or not? How's it going to affect her birth or not? And very much in this 30 weeks of pregnancy, she's done our How to Cope with Pain and Labor workshop and she's doing our yoga and Pilates. So she's very much in the game of preparing her mind and her body for birth. And all of a sudden, she's had to put all of her desires and expectation on halt to wait and see, which, oh, I just, I would be so shocking in this situation. It is just so hard. It's like you can't even prep yourself for a cesarean or prep yourself for an induction or whatever it is because, um, you know, you don't even know what the outcome is yet and you're just waiting and waiting week after week after week, scan after scan after scan, trying to figure out what's going on, what's the problem, what what does that mean for my birth experience? And obviously she's very bummed about the fact that this potential cardiac issue has popped up within her own heart, not babe's heart. And, um, and then the next step of what does that mean for my birth and just being left in this limbo, so difficult. And again, there's nothing that we can do. There is absolutely nothing within her control. She's calling the hospital saying like, can I get an appointment? Can I do this? How long is it going to take? Can we try to do it as soon as possible so I can get my head around it? And, you know, I'm sure the hospital's doing absolutely everything they can, but things take time. Scans take time. There's wait lists, et cetera. So again, it just is what it is. And this poor mama is going through this whole decision-making process of, okay, Logically speaking, what can I do? She's done everything that she can. She's made the phone calls she had to make. She's still doing the prep that she can for her natural birth and coming to classes and doing the meditations. And I completely appreciate that because it's really hard, especially in regards to the meditations and stuff, to go full pelt into you know, manifesting and doing the affirmations, etc., for this natural birth when you're like, I'm in limbo. Like I could be told tomorrow, oh, look, you've got this condition, so you're going to have to have a Caesar. Like it's really, really hard spot to be is in this limbo phase. So um, again, like same lesson there is, you know, unfortunately we can't fix this problem and it is a wait and see process and we just have to have surrender and acceptance to what is. You are doing absolutely everything you can. And I think as well, both of these situations, it comes down to ideally you want a natural birth, but if that can't happen or if that, like when you look at it from your value-based decision-making, you're like, okay, the risk of, you know, me having a fucking heart attack in labor isn't worth the natural birth, then that's okay. And like something that I just gave reassurance to these mamas on is that 
you know, it's I, I appreciate you want this natural birth experience and, you know, um, definitely feel the feels and grieve that experience if that's not what you end up having. But worst case scenario, if you do have to have that cesarean section, you do choose to have that cesarean section, it's still going to be okay. Like cesarean sections aren't, you know, even if that's your version of a worst case scenario, that's still an okay worst case scenario um, from my perspective where you have an, a healthy baby and a healthy mama at the end. And yes, your birth desires come a very close second priority and I'm not um, discarding your birth desires whatsoever. But majority, all of our mamas, actually, I'm not even going to say majority because dead set, all of our mamas prioritize a healthy mom and a healthy butt on top of that. There is definitely this field of um, not doing that in, in mamas that aren't in our space, but I hear about through other stories who don't, don't prioritize a healthy mom and bub and actually prioritize their birth desires on top of that. And that's their choice. That's okay. But for our mamas, they all have the priority of healthy mum and bub at the very first and then birth desires at the very, very close second. And at the end of the day, if um, with these situations, you know, if breech mama doesn't choose to have a breech vaginal birth and she has a cesarean section, as does the cardiac mama, you know, that's going to be okay. That is going to be okay. And you will still have a beautiful, beautiful experience because one, you've done everything you can to prepare. And then two, you have made value-based decision-making to have that cesarean section. And yes, grieve the natural birth, but be fully confident in yourself that you made the right decision with the information that you had at the time. And there is absolutely nothing we can do about it. Hindsight is great for lessons, but we need to never, ever regret and linger in hindsight. Fuck, if I knew the stuff with my business, for example, you know, three years ago when I started, that would have been awesome. But I've had to fail and fail and fail time and time again to learn lessons to, you know, be at the stage that we're at now, which is so amazing, where we're having all this epic, epic impact on these mamas' lives. And, you know, I just I just feel no ounce of regret to that because it had to happen. Yeah, it was time-consuming, expensive, and all that sort of stuff. But all of these tiny little lessons along the way had to happen. And I know this is a very different experience when we're talking about mums and bubs, but it's um, it's the same concept. It is the same concept. So if you're feeling heavy this week, if you're feeling kind of posed with all these things that are out of your control, they're really affecting your outlook on birth, they're really affecting your experience and how you might actually be able to birth, I have so much empathy for you and um, I all power to you to make those value-based decisions with no ego or, um, or distaste towards interventions and really consider them as a potential option as what may be best for you and your babe. Definitely not always, but it may be best for you and your babe in certain scenarios. So um, also, I'm always a listening ear. If ever you're kind of going through something that you don't really know quite what to do and you're needing some help just to organize your thoughts, and that's something I do when feeling kind of heavy in this stuff, is just organizing your thoughts from a logical observation point of view to get really clear on what you can and you can't do. 
um, is really helpful and I'm always here for people in that scenario. Sorry, I've rambled on so much here. I'm just almost processing my own feelings as I'm talking about this to you guys. So anyways, I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you've gained some insight from it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. All of our podcasts are recorded live in the Facebook group, so you are not only the first to listen to the podcast, but you are able to ask questions throughout the podcast. If you wish to jump into the Facebook group, the link is in the show notes. I would really appreciate if you left a five-star written review, shared this podcast with someone who would appreciate, or even share your recent listen on your social stories. Talk to you soon. Bye.